I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed so far? Oh, I think I've had second chance sung so many times, but this is the best I've had the song sung. Hallelujah. Amen. For you're the God of the second chance. For you're the God of the second chance. For you're the God of the second chance. Is he a God of a second chance for you? Has he given you a second chance? Father, we thank you for being the God of a second chance. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you that you have not dealt with us according to our iniquities. You haven't dealt with us according to our sins, O God. But by grace and your mercy, which are renewed to us every morning, you have kept us alive. For if you mark our iniquities, who will stand? But thank God for a second chance. Thank God for a third chance. Thank God for a fourth chance and a fifth one. We thank you for your grace, your mercy. We thank you for your love. Thank you for our church. We thank you for your presence even in this place. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Give us, O God, light. Even as we behold, O God, your glory and your beauty, O God, in your word. Let, O God, the entrance of your word bring, O God, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and power to your people in the name of Jesus. Let us not leave here the same as we came, but leave here better than we came. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory and thanksgiving. And the church of God shall shout, Amen. Give somebody a hug on your way down and tell them he's a God of a second chance. Oh, I said, give somebody a hug. Tell them that he has given you another chance. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 10. Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 10. Reading from 10 all the way to 12. Amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Hallelujah. I want you to read verse 10. I'll read 11 and you read 12. Is that okay? Do we have a deal? All right, let's try it. Ready? Go. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Hallelujah. He says that for we wrestle. That means that for we fight. Amen. 
But our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Hosts of wickedness don't want your good. Hosts of wickedness don't want things to work out for you. Hosts of wickedness want you to fail. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 10, the thief cometh not except or unless to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I'm come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give us abundant life, but Satan wants us to lose that abundant life. So he will do whatever it takes to make sure that we walk in defeat. He will do whatever it takes to make sure that we walk in sickness. He will do whatever it takes to make sure that we walk in poverty. He will do whatever it takes to make sure we walk in defeat. When you are miserable, then Satan is happy. When you are excited and happy, he is not happy. When there is fighting at home, Satan is happy. When there's peace at home, the devil is not happy. When your children are safe and doing well, Satan is not happy. Some witches from your mother's house, your father's house, are not happy about that. They want to see chaos all the time. When there is chaos and people are dying in the news and everything, that is when Satan is happy. How many have heard this statement that the devil is the lord of the airways? Have you heard it before? He is the lord of the flies, the lord of the airways. Have you not seen that it's only bad news that makes news? Good news doesn't make news. Are you with me? Because Satan is in charge of this our world that we live in. So anytime there's killings, there's dying, and there's things happening bad everywhere, that is when the news is at its best. Because we are wrestling against principalities, hosts of wickedness that are behind the scenes working against us. Amen. They are unseen beings that are working behind the scenes against us. So we must not just sit there and take it like that. Don't take life for granted. Don't wait till things happen before you react. Hallelujah. We have weapons. Some of them, we have weapons. Have we been looking at the second Corinthians? Is it 10-4? Or 4-10? 10-4. Okay. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds. We just read a verse that said that we wrestle. That means we fight. And now we are reading another verse that shows us the weapons we are supposed to use to fight. Amen. So fighting is part of Christianity. Hallelujah. I said fighting is part of Christianity. Listen, don't be fooled by this Jesus, gentle Jesus, make a mouth thing. Where you don't, you are a man of peace and everything and that's it. No, don't be fooled by that thing. That's religion. Are you with me? But real Christianity is war. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. 
Anything in the kingdom of God is only gotten by force. In fact, the, the life says that I have what you need. If you have guts, come for it. The blessings you are looking for, I've got it. The peace you are looking for, I've got it. The marriage, good marriage you are looking for, I've got it. The husband you are looking for, I've got it. The, the, the children you are looking for, I've got them. But if only you have guts, come for it. Hallelujah. Amen. You remember when Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan came and said that, listen, I have the keys of the kingdom because it has been given to me by Adam. And I give it to whoever I want to give it to. Amen. The keys are with him. The keys to progress, success, uh, prosperity, blessing are with him. And so we have to wrestle. Amen. I said we have to wrestle. To wrestle it out of his hands. Hallelujah. We have to fight to wrestle our blessings, our breakthrough from his hands. So we looked at a few weapons. How many remember we looked at the weapon of the blood? Isn't it? Then we looked at the weapon of testimony. That's the word of God. How many were blessed by that? And then we looked at the weapon of sacrifice. Sacrifice always genders power. Anytime you sacrifice, you, you derive power. That's why Satan doesn't like us when we sacrifice. When you sacrifice your flesh, that is when your flesh screams the most. How many throughout the week you have really desired to eat some things that normally you would not want to eat, but you are feeling, even this you don't like, when you see it, you want to. You have some, some appetite, I tell you. You see, you see some people who go and... I don't know why Satan always has agents everywhere. At work, then people will bring some food, you know, and come and eat. I don't even eat prawns. But I see prawn salad and you're like... <laughs> Hallelujah. But that is his style. Amen. Amen. So sacrifice. When you sacrifice your stomach, you derive power. When you sacrifice time to pray, you derive power. When you sacrifice your comfort to come into the house of God, you derive power. When you, anytime you sacrifice, you derive power. Amen. When you sacrifice your money, you derive power. Hallelujah. Anytime you sacrifice your money, you derive strength. Amen. So I want to go on with a, a couple, just a few more. There are so many weapons that we have. But I believe that most of us as Christians, we haven't taken our time to find out the weapons that we have at our disposal. That is why sometimes we live defeated lives. Hallelujah. That is why we started looking at some of these weapons so that we will understand how to use them. Amen. The next weapon that I want us to talk about is something that we do all the time, but we've never ever taken the time to Analyze it and know that that is a weapon. The weapon of praise and worship. I said the weapon of praise and worship. How many know praise is a weapon? Worship is a weapon. You know, I have been following some of these football teams behind the scenes at the World Cup. How many realize that almost all of them, they sing songs? Have you asked yourself, why do they sing? You see, 
When, when you sing, when you, when you are singing, singing brings some inner strength. Are you with me? Singing brings inner strength. You, you sometimes, it's very difficult to look at somebody going to box. And why they have to enter the, the ring with a certain song. Are, are you with me? Have you asked yourself why? They are going to fight. What has fighting got to do with singing? But you realize that there is something about singing that boosts your morale, that boosts your strength, that boosts your, your belief, your faith to go for the challenge that is ahead of you. Amen. Amen. You see, it's not just how strong you are. Give me somebody who is strong and give me another person who is weak, but they believe in their strength. That person who believes in their strength, even though they are weaker, will always defeat the one who is strong but doesn't know that they are strong. You see, Satan doesn't know what you are thinking. Satan only knows your song when you sing it. Have you also seen that sometimes when two boxers are boxing and one is hit very hard and you can see that this punch has really done some damage and then they start to smile and they start to dance and they start to say like, is that your best? Is that Muhammad Ali used to do that? Is that the best you can throw? Meanwhile, he's dizzy. But is, that, is this your best? Muhammad Ali would say that you punch like a girl. Yeah. If you have read the, the, the story about the rumble in the Manila, rumble in the jungle, have you, have you read it, uh, Muhammad Ali and uh, George Foreman? He said George Foreman was beaten by the trash talking that Muhammad Ali was giving him in the corner because he had thrown his best punch and the man was on the ropes and he says, you punch like a girl. Even my wife can beat you. What is this that you are doing? Is this the best you can do? Is this the best? You know, the guy was, he was out of it. He was dizzy, but he was trash talking him. Because your, your enemy can't see what is in your mind. It doesn't matter how powerful Satan is. Satan only knows what you say. So when you sing a song of victory in the face of defeat, he thinks you are victorious. When you sing a song of defeat in the face of victory, he knows that you are defeated. Hallelujah. Amen. One of our greatest weapons is praise and worship. You see in the Old Testament, anytime they were going to war, the things that they always God instructed them to do was sinking. Amen. In Joshua chapter 6, the Bible says that and Jericho, verse 1, was straightly shut up so that there was none that went out and none that came in. Are you with me? Jericho was what? Straightly shut up. Nobody went in. Nobody came out. There was no way to get into Jericho to take over the land. But the instruction that God gave to Joshua was that Circle the land once every day for six days. On the seventh day, I want you to give me the loudest shout and the loudest praise you have. The strategy was put the psalmist 
the singers, the instrumentalists in front put the priests in the, behind them and put the soldiers behind the, the priests. Can you imagine? Singers and musicians are in front. Then priests in the middle. Then soldiers are at the back. If you are going to war, is that the best strategy you have? To put singing in front. Musicians behind them. And then priests behind those musicians. And then your soldiers who are supposed to fight are put in the, at the end. Nobody does that. It doesn't work. But that is the one of the best strategies that God has given us. Anytime you are going through anything, learn how to worship. I say learn how to worship. Bible says in 1 John 5, 4, whoever is born of God, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And faith is boosted up, is boosted up by singing. Hallelujah. I say faith is boosted up by singing and praise. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 20. Second Chronicles 20. We are going to look at the fight in the Old Testament and see how that fight was won. Second Chronicles 20. And it happened after that, after this, that the people of Moab with the people of Amnon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Uh, then some came and told Jehoshaphat saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon, Tama. Verse 15. Then he said, listen all of you. So the people were discouraged, right? He said, I listen all of you. And you inhabitants of Jerusalem. And you King Jehoshaphat. That says the Lord. This is the prophet talking. That says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid or be dismayed. Because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours. But it's God's. Hallelujah. The battle is not yours. But the battle is God's. Verse 20. So they rose early in the morning. And went down the wilderness of Tekoa and went, down, went out and Jehovah, Jehoshaphat said, stood and said, Hear ye me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord God, the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. Hallelujah. Verse 21. And when they had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing. This is, he is going to fight not just one army, a bunch of armies put together against him. So obviously they overwhelmed Jerusalem. Are you with me? Say for instance, you have the European community coming against England. Because of Brexit, they are coming. So there's a war. The, the Germans, the, the, the French, the Belgians, they've all come together against, I'm trying to make you picture the, what we are reading. They've come against uh, uh, King Jehoshaphat and he's afraid and he consults God 
And God says that, listen, this battle is not yours. This battle is mine. You just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Then he, he believes in the word of the prophet. And then he says, okay, we are going to do that. And this is the instruction that God gives him. The first thing he said that you should appoint people who will sing to the Lord. And who praised the beauty of his holiness as they went before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercies endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushment against the people of Amalon, against Moab, against Bounceh, who had come against Judah and they were defeated. He said that when they began to sing to praise God, God sent confusion in the camp of the enemy. You see, your praise and your worship always sends confusion to the land of your enemy. Hallelujah. When you sing a song to the Lord, you magnify God. And when you magnify God, you you minimize the problem. Some of us, what we do is we magnify the problem and minimize our God. How many know what I'm talking about? I know it's not you, but somebody else you know. Isn't it? It's like, oh, the doctor has given me seven days to live. Oh, they say this. Oh, the more you are saying the problem and rehearsing the problem to everybody, the more you are glorifying the problem. And the less you are magnifying the God who is the solution to your problem. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Sometimes when you hear the problem, shut up about the problem. Magnify your God. Stop because faith comes by hearing. Isn't Romans 10, 17, is it? He says that faith comes by hearing. Stop. Faith comes by hearing. Full stop. He says that if you hear the word of God, then you build faith, which means that is the secondary thing. Faith comes by hearing. Whatever you hear, that is what you develop faith in. Yeah. When you hear negativity all the time, you develop faith in negativity. Yeah. When you hear positive things all the time, that is where your faith is. When you glorify God, it sets your mind on the God of your world, or the God of your life. And, and it takes your mind off the problem. It builds your faith. And the victory we have is in our faith. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? So our singing, our singing, our worship to God is not a routine. It's a strategy. Someone says it's a strategy. It's a strategy. It's not a routine. It's not we sing too fast and three slow. Every Sunday before we sit down. So when you come to church, you're expecting three slow, too fast. So when they do the three, okay, where's the first fast, fast one? First fast, then Pastor Sam will come and say something. They will do second fast and then we sit down. No. Stop making praise and worship a routine. It is the key to your blessing. There is something that praise and worship does that prayer will never ever be able to do. I said there is something that prayer does. That something that praise and worship does. That prayer will never be able to do. A lot of us have learned to pray. Especially when we are in difficulty. Those of us who don't even like prayer. When we are really in serious difficulty. We know how to pray. 
But the problem we have is that when we are really in difficulty, we don't know how to sing. We don't know how to worship. It's, it's easier to worship when things are okay. But more difficult to worship when things are difficult. But the Bible is saying that the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord. So if you understand that, whatever you do, Jesus said, uh, Paul said something. How many of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to your, your height? You cannot add one inch to your height by being a warrior. So why worry? How many are warriors? You worry about anything and everything. It's a temperament. You know, people who have that melancholic attitude is that a small one sperm becomes a big baby. Oh, you didn't like that. Yeah. It's like the, the trouble is like a sperm. But you put it in the womb of your worry and you incubate it. And you worry about it, and you stew about it, and you worry, and you stew, and you worry, and you stew, and you worry, and you still, and you deliver a baby. And when you look at the size of the baby, as supposed or as compared to the size of the sperm, you can't quantify it. Am I making sense to somebody? Yeah, because he said, "Wow." But that's what worry does. Worry and, and, uh, and, uh, enhances fear. Worry magnifies fear. And fear, somebody says, false evidence appearing real. Fear is something that, that incapacitates you. Fear will, 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 will pulverize you so much that you won't be able to get up. Do you know that people are afraid to even walk through the door? To go out. Fear cripples you. Fear will tell you that the day you, if somebody came to your house, you know those type of prophets of doom. (gasps) Today, the 6th of July, is your last day on earth. (gasps) And they turn and go. You know, it's not, it's the, 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 that, that thing is what is killing you, not going out. Because that thing creates fear. And fear itself has a way of crippling you. Fear itself has a way of making you want not to do anything. Fear itself has a way of killing you. Hallelujah. Amen. Fear can kill. Amen. Ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen? This is how you defeat fear. What's the worst that can happen? The worst is I'll be, I'll be embarrassed. The worst is that everybody will know about my secret. And if everybody knows about your secret, so what? The worst, the worst is that I will die. And Paul says, in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I die, I gain. If I, if I live, is Christ. So what, what have you done? What can you do? Do not be afraid of the one that can kill this body. Be afraid of the one that all, not only can kill the body, but can send the body to hell. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So what are you afraid of? 
analyze fear. That's what we don't do. We glorify fear. We enhance fear. Yeah. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now the valley of the shadow of death. Valley is in the bottom. Which means that there are something that has elevated itself. And you are inside. And a shadow is bigger than the actual thing. If you put, if you stand behind the light, you see that your shadow is bigger than your real person. So shadow is always enhancing the, the problem. Are you getting it? And that is what builds fear. Amen. It intimidates you. It makes you doubt yourself. Hallelujah. But worship and praise intimidates fear and makes fear doubt itself. When you worship, you turn the, the, the battle around from against you to the opponents. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 12. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, these were guys who had been imprisoned. Amen. Look for it at midnight. They had been imprisoned and the Bible says that they had been praying. But at midnight, have you found it? Verse, I think it's nine. Verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and worshiping, singing hymns to the Lord so loudly that the prisoners heard them. Amen. And go on, next verse. And suddenly, see, when you start worshiping and singing and, 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 and praising God, you turn the, 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 the battle from you to the opponent. Suddenly, the, somebody says suddenly. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. And so the foundations of the prisons were shaking and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chain loosed. Have you ever walked through a supermarket when you go by the door, even though the door is shut, it just opens. The first automatic door happening in Acts chapter 12. This is where they, 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 they got that uh, thing from. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. You think I'm lying. I'll show you. So, they are, they, there was an earthquake. Their chains fell off. Everything, they were loosed. Next verse. And the keeper of the prison awakening from his sleep and seeing that the, the prison doors open and the, the, the prisoners, he, supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And Paul called out loud with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And he called for the light and ran in and fell down trembling before them. Next verse. And he brought them, he brought them out. Says, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved in your household. And then they, were, they spoke the word of the Lord and all, all who were with, who were in his household, in his house. And they took in that same hour and he took them that same hour and washed their stripes and immediately 
he and all of them were baptized. Amen. Can you see that? Read on. Now he brought, you see, so, so here is, here is the, 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 the thing. They were imprisoned. The prisoners were the ones who beat them. Are you with me? Praise and worship now tends it. So now the prisoners want to kill themselves. And now look at the nice treatment they are giving them. All by worship and praise. Hallelujah. I said by worship and praise. When you worship, you tend the fight to the enemy's camp. Let me give you three things that happens or four things that happens when you worship. Number one. Are you okay? Are you learning something? When you worship, you enforce the victory and the liberty that Christ has won for you. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, it says that stand firm in the victory or in the liberty wherewith Christ has won for you. Hallelujah. So when you worship, you are standing firm in the victory. Galatians 5.1. Am I going too fast? Okay. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage. Do not be entangled means that don't come under. Don't come into the bounds or the chains of, of bondage. When you worship, you are standing in liberty. Amen. So the first thing is that when you worship, you stand in the victory that Christ has won for you. You enforce the victory. Amen. Number two. Satan is seeking whom he may devour. Which means that he cannot devour everybody. Isn't it? First Peter 5.8 For Satan, the devil as a roaring lion is walking to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He can't devour everybody, which means that he picks and chooses the one that he can devour. When you become a worshiper, you move out of the devourable prey of the devil. You become too hot to handle. Say to your neighbor, become too hot to handle for Satan. Hallelujah. Oh, I say Hallelujah. Are, are you learning something so far? Become too hot to handle for Satan. Let him, let him feel that, what have I done? You see, a, a foreman was saying that when he was hitting, at the point he punched himself out. And at the point he that was hitting uh, Ali felt sorry for himself. Say, said, what have I done? Because he was bigger, twice the size of Muhammad Ali. Are you with me? Everything showed that he had beaten the guy. But the guy was still standing and still saying, is this the best you can? Oh, you punch like a girl. Is that all you can do? This is, even, my, even my wife can beat you. What is this that you are doing? Ah, get serious. Get serious. <laughs> 
be serious. It's not the best you can do. You see, when you are worshiping and dancing, say for instance, Satan hits you with the best shot he has. And the Lord reigns. The Lord. Then he comes again, hits you again. Then you start dancing. At the point he says, listen, I'm too busy. I am too busy to waste my time on this. Maybe the person is mad already because this thing I'm hitting, they are supposed to go and sit somewhere and start to cry. But rather, look at how they are worshiping and praising. No, let me try somebody else. And then they go and hit somebody else. And they go, ah. He's moving to and fro. He hasn't got time. He only goes to the place that he feels he can make the maximum damage. But when he comes to a place and he hits and he gets worship in return. Nah. Let's go somewhere else. Hallelujah. Amen. He cannot devour everybody. Amen. He cannot devour everybody. He can only devour those that give him access. Prayer shuts, worship shuts the door. See, worship enhances your God. Amen. Amen. Worship enhances God. And when God is lifted up, let God arise and his enemies be the what? Yeah. So worship and praise lifts up God. And when God is lifted up, his enemies are scattered. Who can stand when our God is enhanced and exalted? Hallelujah. Amen. What number are we on? Okay. We have been instructed to resist Satan. So we resist by worshiping. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he shall flee. James chapter 4, verse 7. When you resist, worship is a part of resistance. Amen. Worship is a part of resistance. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. How many believe that God is a God of war? Our God is a God of war. Exodus 15, 3. Our God is a God of war. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Israel saw how he defeated the Egyptians. Amen. Amen. Spiritual implications. Spiritual implications of worship. Praise lifts up your eyes from the battle to the victory. Praise lifts up your eyes from the battle to your victory. Amen. Praise, that's what? It lifts up the battle, your eyes from the battle to victory. Because the end of the battle is what? How many know that we are more than conquerors? More than conquerors means that before the battle starts, you are a conqueror. Are you with me? You, are, you have won before the battle starts. So you are only going into the battle to enforce your victory. So more than conquer means that you, I don't need to fight to know that I've won. 
Because when I fight and I win, then I'm a conqueror. But I'm more than that, which means that before the fight starts, I've won. Are you with me? And this is how I do it. When I worship, then I move from the process of the fight into the end of the fight, which is victory for me. Hallelujah. See, sometimes when you're going through, sometimes we give too much credence to the process. Because all we see is the tunnel. So when you're in a tunnel, how many have been in a tunnel before? And it's darkness all over. You can't see anything but a tunnel. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. In the morning, which is the end of the tunnel, the tunnel time or period, is victory. But the victory, sometimes when we worship, we project ourselves from the battle straight to the, the end of the battle. Amen. 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 So learn how to worship. Some of us don't know how to worship. We don't know how to sing. We don't know how to sing. Fact, some of us don't like singing. How many here don't like singing? Give me a wave. You don't like singing. You don't like singing about God. So some, some like singing or they like music, but they don't like singing about God. Some of us don't even know how to how to sing in spiritual songs. How many are going to learn? You see, what, what was I saying? <laughs> Praise, lift up your eye from the battle. To the victory, isn't it? Number two, I'm giving spiritual implications. Praise does not flatter God. Praise does not flatter God. Rather, it enthrones God back on his throne in your life. I don't know whether you understood what I said. Praise does not flatter God. It puts God back on his chair where he's supposed to sit. How many know that if God is on his throne, Satan has to be at his footstool? But when God is not on his throne and is down because you have put him down and enhanced the problem, then Satan is above where God is supposed to be. But when you worship, you put God on his throne back in your life. What I'm trying to say is that God is already on his throne. God doesn't necessarily need you to put him on his throne. But in your life, you have, a, you have the, the, the uh, power and you have the strength to either put God on the throne or demote God. In your life. In your circumstances. In all your, your issues. You can either enthrone God or dethrone God. It's up to you. When you worship, you enthrone him. How many know that song? Jesus, we enthrone you. We proclaim you are king, standing here in the midst of us. We lift you high in our praise, and as we worship, build your throne. It, it, that song says that Jesus, we enthrone you. 
in, in our praise, we have enthroned you, which means that we have the, re, the, the, the power to enthrone him or dethrone him in our lives. Your dethroning God doesn't mean God has been dethroned. You didn't put him on the throne, so you can't take him off the throne. But in your life, you can take him off the throne. Am I making sense? In your life, you can enthrone him. And worship is the fastest way to enthrone God. Hallelujah. How many will enthrone God in this place? In your marriage, you enthrone God. At your workplace, you enthrone God. When the boss calls you and says that, I'm thinking of firing you. I'm thinking. Go into the toilet. Lock the door. Don't cry. Don't be texting to call your sister and brother and Frankel that yeah, pray, pray. Sometimes our prayer is even fear. How many have prayed out of fear before? Pray out of fear doesn't work. Did I tell you about the guys who in the middle of the night were walking through the, the, the cemetery? I was walking through the cemetery and was afraid. Then he started to sing, I am not afraid. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. As he was walking there. But as you start singing at the point, you start believing in your song. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? At the point, you believe in your own song. Yeah, it gives you confidence and go. But if you're going to look at even when a, a small, maybe it's a mouse, a mouse goes over some leaf right now, you will see the, the speed that you go right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. Learn how to worship. Worship enthrones God. Number, number three. So what's number one? Number two. Okay, number four. Pray, number three, praise is what? Praise is a commandment. Psalm 150 verse one. Praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise is a commandment. Someone say praise is a commandment. Praise is a commandment. You praise God because he says that praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So in your trouble, praise the Lord. In your sickness, praise the Lord. Whatever you do, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of us know that praise is not just singing? Praise is not just singing. Praise can be your testimony. Praise is praise. How many have seen uh, those, that, I don't know whether they do it in this part of the world, but in, uh, uh, I remember once we were having a wedding. I was doing a wedding in South Africa and uh, the, one of the uh, wives of King Muswati of Swaziland came to the, um, the function. And as she was about to enter, some man came. This was, they, they were late. We were doing the, the wedding. So I was in my frock and everything. 
doing the way the man came back. Winner. <laughs> I have to take the microphone from you for the next 60 seconds to usher in the queen. So we had to stop. Pause the wedding. Start. The, then they started. Who oh, the queen of, of, of whatever? Who walks on the feather? Who is a butterfly? <laughs> the accolades. The accolades. And they started putting petals and flowers as she's coming. Who is the? Who is that? Who is this? We are all standing. Who is that? <laughs> when they finished, they gave me the microphone. I was confused. I didn't know where to start. <laughs> I didn't know how to go back to where, where I was in the thing. Yeah. Because even a natural, this is like the fourth or the fifth or the sixth wife. So she's not even the first wife. She's about the sixth or the seventh because that man every year he marries. And he only likes fair women. <laughs> yeah, he only marries fair fair women. As she was coming, the service had to be put on hold for her to come. And she didn't, she came with an entourage. They are throwing the flowers. She came to sit down before they gave me the microphone back to continue the wedding. Even human beings know how to give accolades and praises to somebody who doesn't really matter. Can you imagine how God is? Because the woman felt very big. She felt very big and we felt very small. Are you with me? Because it's like she had been praised. And obviously, all the pastors had to be cleared from the front row. (laughs) For her and her entourage to come and sit. Yeah, because after the praises, you can't put her back. You have to bring her forward. Hallelujah. So praise is not just singing. Praise is sometimes the, 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 the accolades and the nomenclatures that you give God. He's the road of Rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. He's the bright and the morning star. As you start saying all those, you are, you are praising God. Amen. And that enthrones him. Let me give you a few do's and don'ts in prayer, in praise. Do's and don'ts, and we will be, we'll be running off. Do's and don'ts, or what we, the procedure, or the process, or the, um, what we need to be doing as we enter praise. Amen. As we enter God's, the praise of our Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, the first thing we need to do is pray and confess your sins. Number one is what? Pray and confess your sins. Hallelujah. Confess your sins before the Lord because who shall ascend unto the throne of our God? Who shall come to the hill of our God? They that have clean hands, isn't it? 
So you are not permitted to praise and worship when your hands are clean are not clean. Am I talking to somebody? So first thing that you need to do when you are about to praise God is to confess your sins. Amen. Number two, invest yourself in prayer before you praise God. Amen. Prayer sets you up for praise and worship. How many heard what I said? Prayer sets you up. It puts you in the mood for worship and praise. There are different types of worship and different types of praise. That's not the import of what we are talking about today. So I'm not going to go in there. But what I'm going to try, uh, what I want us to look at is this, this weapon, praise and worship. And the weapon, praise and worship, the, the procedure, pray, confess your sins, clean yourself up. Number two, invest in prayer and worship. And number three, bring an offering. Somebody say bring an offering. See, it's amazing. Our modern day charismatic church, our praise and worship is just our mouth, the fruit of our lips, and that's it. Not the fruit of our pocket. Are you with me? How many of us have, don't look at offering as praise and worship? We don't see it. We see offering as offering, and we see praise and worship as praise and worship. But what I'm trying to say to you, praise and worship, offering is part of praise and worship. If God is really God in your life, don't just be telling us. What you give God will tell us how much you reverence God. I don't know whether you understood what I said. What you give to God will tell us whether you really How many know those, uh, what do they call them, Sangomes? What, what do you call them in your land? Malam. Malams, you are going to Malam and then they'll tell you that bring, depending on the size of the Malam, <laughs> or the size of the voodoo man you are going. If you go to some, some corner side one, you can bring a little chicken and that's okay. But if you are going to a bigger one, you need some sizable thing, isn't it? Yeah, bring a goat, bring a cow, bring something. The size of what you take is dependent on huh? a human. Hey, sister, I don't know where you've been going. <laughs> I don't know where you've been going, but I don't think I want to go there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, when you bring an offering, it tells your offering speaks a lot about who you are. Your offering says how much you reverence your God. You're, because how many know that when you're going to a shop like uh, Harrods and you're going to a shop like, um, what are some of the designer shops in this place? Having Nichols. What else? Hugo Boss. Hugo Boss. As soon as you enter Having Nichols, you know 20 pounds is not talking there. <laughs> how many know what I'm talking about? You know that when you go to Harrods and you have 40 pounds, 50 pounds, you even cufflinks you won't get. You're not serious. You might get a sock, one sock. If you don't take it, they'll give you just one. <laughs> they will say, when you go there and they ask you what is your budget, you say all I have is ten pounds. You say, I and you have come to Harold's. Are you serious? 
No, you cannot be in Harrods with 10 pounds. Maybe you are passing through. But when you go to one pound store, Poundland, and you have 10 pounds, you are a champion. (laughs) You go to Primark, you have 10 pounds, you are a champion. Are you getting it? But you go to a designer shop and all you have is 10 pounds, forget it. In the same way, is your God a primary God? Or is a Harrods God? Ah, I didn't hear you. I don't know what. What type of God? As you are coming to give the offering, ask yourself, what type of God have I come to? Is there a Primark God? A Poundland God? Pound stretcher God? Or I've come to the almighty God. The tetragrammaton himself. He is the tetragrammaton himself. The big breasted one. A brother feeds the whole world and is still not running out. That's the God we serve. If he is the God we serve, our offering portrays. When you're coming, you, you, you see the ladies, they, they don't open the main, but they open the side where the coins are. And they go in the, the middle where the coins are. And then they go, then they just load, load the pennies and everything and they drop. You're a pound land God you're serving. See, how many know that God doesn't need our money? God doesn't need our money at all. Let, 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 let's be serious. God doesn't need our money. It's only our act of worship. It's an art of worship when we give to him. Are you with me? So worship, you set yourself up. Confess your sins, number one. Number two, pray to set yourself up. Number three, bring an offering. Amen. Today I'm going to worship God. I take an offering. Number four, invest in energy. I said invest in what? Energy. Energy. You cannot praise God without energy. A lot of people try to praise God dignified. The Lord reigns. They clap out of beat. The Lord reigns. The Lord Rains that the earth rejoice. Let the earth rejoice. And the people declare. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Then they sit down. How many, how many you go to the nightclub? On the middle of the dance floor, everybody's dancing. Maybe they put a song that everybody likes, everybody's dancing. Then you go and stand there. Somebody will elbow you before you see what they've done to you. Yeah. Because they invest energy on the dance floor. 
Isn't that what they do? Yeah. How come in the church? It's like you have spotted that girl. And you have to start posing. Hey, sisters, if a guy is posing, he's not a good husband material. You didn't hear what I said. If the guy will not dance before his God, the guy will never dance before you. Brothers, brothers, a girl who is worried about her makeup and will not shed a tear for his God will not shed a tear for you. You thought, you thought it was just the, 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 the brothers I was talking about. Listen, the makeup must run. Yes, the makeup must. Listen, eh, eh, did I tell you about that, that sister with the wig? There was a sister in our fellowship. Anytime they start to sing, she starts to jump from the back to the front. You know, they st- oh, where are the musicians? Go and give me some song. You know, on the mountain, she starts, you know, she starts coming. On the mountain, in the valley, then she come and stand in front. Then she start to dance. One of these days, they started on the mountains, and she was coming, 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 coming. And she started, you know, she likes to turn, and she turned, and the wig fell down. She was here, the wig was here. She went and grabbed the wig, put the wig back on her head, and continued dancing. Listen, 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 listen. Within three months, she was married. A guy said that if this girl can put her wig down and still put the wig back and dance and don't be ashamed, she's the kind of girl I'm looking for. She is the kind of woman I want to marry. You see, no, 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 when I wanted you, you didn't come. Now you're coming to make noise. Nobody wants to marry a fake person. Nobody wants to marry a pretender. Are you with me? So when you are in the house of God, be real. I said, be real. Dance for real. We know you are a good dancer. We know you like dancing. Don't show us your new clothes. Don't show us your new posts. We don't want to know your new posts. Listen, the other day, we, we went to the hotel. Is it Valentine's? I did not know that the women of this church can dance like that. Listen. They had high heels on. They had their nails and their eyebrows and all their whatever on. When it got to dancing, they kicked their shoes off. I was surprised. They kicked their shoes off. And they came to the dance floor. And they started to dance. Victoria, you're hiding. You're hiding. Come and sit there and the Lord, you clap your feet. Don't bring yourself. Is it here that you are coming to show? When he was at that place, you didn't show them guy guy. You are coming to show guy guy here. 
Am I talking to somebody? Listen, forget all your never, never. We all know you are a pharmacist. We all know you are a rich woman. We all know all your nomenclatures. Leave it at the door. When you come, you have come to the presence of Almighty God. If he's mighty, then we are down. So let us be down. Don't become Mikal. How glorious was the king today? Dancing and showing your never nevers to all the young maidens. See how they talk. They make you feel like you are trying to look for a girl. That is why you are dancing. You are trying to look for a boy. That is why you are dancing. Who told you? If I wanted a boy, it's not here. I'm coming to dance to get a boy. But boys, if you see a woman who is dancing here, she's the real deal. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. She's the real deal. Listen, I've been doing this work for a while. And I can tell you one secret. A man who works in the house of God with all their heart is a good husband material. A woman who gives off her best in the house of God and never gets tired is a good wife material. Nine times out of ten. I leave one out for bad behavior. (laughs) Hallelujah. One who is not ashamed to dance in the presence of God. That's a good material. That's a good candidate. The one who is always bomb like a bomber. Don't. That is not a good one. Don't. How many know what I'm talking about? Let's stop pretending. Let's stop becoming something we are not. It's not in the house of God that you're coming to show that you are something. You have worn your, your, your Sunday, your Christmas clothes, so what? Dance. Put your shoes off and dance. After, put your shoes back on and put your hair back on. After all, we know you. We have seen you. With or without that one. Number five. Oh, you people are trying to spoil my message. Number five. Number five, become self-motivational. Become self-motivational. You know, in church, somebody's always trying to discourage you when you are dancing. You know, those who, who stand next to you in the pew... And as you are, come. So, so you start dancing your normal dance. See, and then, and then look at me. What are you doing? Immediately you feel like you are doing something wrong. Then all of a sudden you start to straighten yourself. Maybe you are standing in the wrong part of the, move to the aisle, come to this side. Say you are standing by a stiff a statue. Who dances by a statue? Don't dance by a statue. Are, are you with me? Find a real human being and dance by them. Don't be self-motivated. I'm not dancing for you. I'm dancing because God has saved me. Uh, uh, David said that, is it not because God had taken me from the backside of the desert and put me on the throne that belongs to your father. I'm a nobody. 
Is it today that I have become a king that I should now become so and not dance before the God? When I was chasing the lions and the bear, where were you? Is it today that now I'm a king because I'm a king, I have to behave some? No, I will dance and my clothes will fall. That's the matter. Personally, don't, don't like any pastor who doesn't like to worship and praise. Pastor who doesn't dance. Pastor who comes to the church after praise and worship. Then they come and sit there. Where have you come from? Because the, the presence of God is the praise of his people. God inhabits the praise of his people. When his people have praised, that's where God is. So if where, when God was being praised and worshipped, you were in the office. And then you come and sit here. I'm, I'm, I'm scared of you. I don't know where you've come from. Because God is here. And you have come from there. So where did you come from? Did you come from Nimoka? <laughs> Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's finish this. Let's finish this. Number six, enter wholeheartedly into praise and worship. Go with your whole heart. It's not because the music is nice. How many will agree that this church, we have very nice music? Ah, but it's not because the song is nice. It's not because the musicians are good. But it's because you have chosen to enter with your whole heart. I think after, after this sermon, I'll give you one opportunity to praise God. And then I'll see whether you will be posing or and I will send some people around. If you are posing, we will do something bad to you. Hallelujah. Number six, be cheerful before number seven, be cheerful before God. Be cheerful before God. You know, in those days, when you go to the king's king's, uh, court and you have a frown on your face, do you know you can be beheaded? If you go before the king and you have a, a frown on your face, you can easily be killed. That is why Nehemiah, when Nehemiah went, was pouring the, the, the uh, wine into the, to the uh, king's uh, cup, because it was the king's cup bearer, and his face was changed. The, the king asked Nehemiah, why has your countenance fallen? Nehemiah knew that that could easily cost him his head. So he had to explain. Are, are you with me? Yeah, how do you come to church with a frown? Uh, Pastor, you don't know, my landlady has uh, decided to evict me. Yeah, but you're worrying now, what is it going to do to you? It will not make your landlady put you out or keep you in. Hallelujah. For now, all you have is your worship. So give God your best. Hallelujah. When we say give the Lord a shout, you give the Lord a shout. When we say clap, you clap your hands. When we say dance, you dance. That is, that is our reasonable worship. That is our reasonable worship. In, in uh, uh, Romans 12, he says that verse 1, I beseech you brethren by the mercies of the living God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
it is only reasonable to dance before God. It is only reasonable to sing before God. It's only reasonable to shout before God. It's only reasonable to put your hands before together for God. It's only reasonable. That's the, the smallest thing he wants. Be ready. A living sacrifice all the time. They say stand, you stand. They say clap, you clap. They say sing, you sing. They say dance, you dance. Hallelujah. Amen. Last one. Last one. Amen. Amen. Be a worshiper all week long. Be a worshiper all week long. Some are worshippers only on Sunday. On Saturday, you are dancing at the party. And then on Sunday, you come to church. It's like you have been baptized in statue, in starch. Yeah, like that. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise will cost you, number one, energy. You'll be tired. How many were very tired at the camp? When we were worshiping and praising. You know, at the camp, we did something. We did a, a, a competition between Judah and Jerusalem. We wanted to see whether Jerusalem would beat Judah in shouting. Who won? Jerusalem. No, I think Jerusalem was disqualified. Huh? No, Jerusalem were throwing babies in the air. People were throwing their babies in the air and shouting. Ah, somebody too was rolling on the floor. That is why they won. Okay, okay. So they were disqualified in part and then and then these people were trying to be dignified. Okay, we're going to do it again. So, which one is Jerusalem? Jerusalem is on the left. Judah is on the right. So, we will see which one of you will shout the most. I, no, no, you can't. You can't. <laughs> so, number one, number one, number one, number one. Praise will cost you energy. Number two, it will cost you preparation. Number three, it will cost you time. Hallelujah. Okay. So, I have finished. Uh, the rules. No babies throwing. Abigail, you are not allowed to throw any baby. So, Judah is on my, Jerusalem is on my right. 